0: Hey friends, welcome to episode 110 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker, and this is a podcast that is all about entertainment and parenting in the wacky wild world of Hollywood. Today, my guest is special events producer and publicist and amazing mom, Jenny O'Hagan. And we're going to talk about TV news and uh, a little bit of everything, actually. So here we go. Hold on tight. Hello, mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hi, you guys. I hope you're having a wonderful week. And I know I have been. It's been, it's certainly been... A very busy week if you've been keeping up um, over on my Facebook and my Instagram, at Motherhood in Hollywood, over on Twitter at Heather Brooker. I've been uh, posting about my some of my interviews from Comic-Con, even though it's been a couple of weeks. I'm a little behind. I'm posting some of my interviews from Comic-Con and I posted a video of the interview I did with Sam Hugan where I was so just like blubbering like an idiot. and he was sweet enough to retweet it and like all the Outlander fans came out of the woodwork on social media and started like tweeting and retweeting and sharing and they ripped it off of my YouTube and excuse me, put it on Instagram and on Facebook. I mean, nuts, totally nuts. So it went a little viral. That was very exciting for me. And um, I put up an interview that I did with Chris Hardwick, which I thought was really great for my fellow podcasters and for anybody interested in like creating their own empire. You have to watch this interview with Chris Hardwick and like, you have to be a Chris Hardwick fan because I totally am. I'm just beyond impressed with everything that he's created over at the Nerdist uh, and beyond. And it did addition to that. I got to see a really cool TV show. We went and saw the new um, Amazon show. It's called Lost in Oz and it's a kid's show. It's kind of a modern day take on Dorothy and Toto where they would be, what they would be doing if they were, um, if we saw Oz in modern times, that kind of a thing. So it's a pretty neat take on that. And then I also got to go to the Nut Job 2 premiere and I interviewed Will Arnett, uh, Tata Bobby Moynihan, interviewed Gabriel Iglesias, AKA Fluffy. Um, so it's just a really fun day. A lot of great things happening in Motherhood in Hollywood land. Um, also, just a side note, um, Channing is going through, you know, everybody said the fours were worse than the threes. And so far, they really haven't been. The fours are much more annoying than the threes. Everything is like there's a lot of repeating. There's a lot of nonstop talking. There's a lot of nonstop play. And it after a while just kind of starts to, like great on my nerves. And I just want to be like fucking stop it. You're driving me crazy. Um, but I try to keep it together. I try to stay composed, but it's hard. It's certainly hard. Uh, there's also, um, I don't know. There's this weird feeling of trying to keep up with other moms and like, how is everybody else parenting? I mean, I know that's essentially what mommy blogging is and all of that. And, um, I feel like I'm kind of getting, going down this road of, of, straying away from acting and doing more mommy blogging type stuff and more stuff with my podcast. And I don't necessarily want to do that. So I'm really planning to take some time uh, in the next few weeks and maybe a month or so to refocus my energies and refocus my efforts um, back on acting and back on what I love about this industry. Because You know, I didn't start motherhood in Hollywood to set out to go to movie premieres and have publicists breathing down my neck, like post this, post this, post this. And can you share this and share this? You know, that's an aspect of this whole mommy blogging business that nobody ever talks about. Like you don't know how many times, um, like if mommy bloggers get invited to something, you're then expected to share a certain amount, uh, of posts about the event that you've been invited to, or you're expected to write a blog post about it. And, you know, one of the things that I love about having control of my own business is that nobody tells me what to do. It's my business. It's my job. It's very empowering in that way. But, it's this whole like the publicists have access to these stars and these events, and if you want access to the stars and events, you've got to do what they tell you to do. so it's this weird give and take and this push and pull that I find myself in, and I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm not a huge fan of where I'm at right now, so I'm doing some rethinking, trying to figure out how I can continue to do what I love to do, which is go to red carpet events and interview people and then also act and write and do fun stuff, but Maybe not be so beholden to the machine. okay that this just got real deep real fast so um i'm gonna go and have uh, a glass of wine and uh, let you guys talk to or hear him talk to i'm gonna let you guys listen to my guest this week it's jenny o'hagan she is a wealth of information and just has wonderful stories about um special projects producing in news and being a mom in that world and you guys are really gonna love what she has to say so here's my interview with jenny o'hagan My guest today is Jenny O'Hagan. Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So you have been, and this is one thing that I think is really cool, you have been an executive producer, um, you, well, you are an executive producer at KTLA for, for your special projects and things like that, which we'll talk about. But also what's fascinating to me is you started at KTLA as an intern on the morning show when it was sort of, there wasn't really morning shows like that in in television news.
1: That is correct. And I always like to give Sam Rubin a shout out, uh, Uh, the entertainment uh, reporter at KTLA, because essentially he uh, found me, I guess. I interned at KTLA the summer after high school, which actually doesn't generally happen anymore. Um, So I'm pretty pretty lucky in that way. And I started on July 8th uh, which was the first anniversary of the KTLA Morning News, so it had. It, you're right, there was nothing like it in in at that point, and it had sort of had a slow start, but had gotten this like great burst of viewership and was doing very well. And so I got to be sort of at the at the bottom floor, but when it was sort of moving up, uh, it was exciting. It was such a great time, and it was. So um, it, it, helped, it helped to create the journalist and the person that I am in a way that those people still get together. We bonded in a way that we are, we are lifelong friends. And I think that that has really um, created in me the purpose to create friendships and bonding in every position that I take, because I think that that's part of the most important thing about life is relationship. So that it was very good for me in that way.
0: I love that you bring up Sam Rubin, because when I worked at KTLA on the morning show, I was a writer. I don't know if a lot of the listeners know that, but I worked on the morning show for like five years as a writer. And, um, I, one of my favorite, favorite people was Sam Rubin and he, I'm sure would be like, Oh, angry news writer. Because uh, that's sort of the nickname that he, you know, he gives all of us <clears throat> in the writing room was the angry news writers. But I just, he has such a great sense of humor. He knows his stuff. And he's just a really... um really fun guy to have in the morning, whenever he would come in, it was like, Oh, good. Now we're going to talk about entertainment news, which is something I loved. Anyway, you get kind of burnout on murders and crimes and fires and stuff. Sure. Uh, it gets a little soul crushing. Um, uh, But was Sam the reason that you kind of gravitated more towards entertainment? Or was it just that experience with the morning show? Like you, you know, what made you want not want to do news necessarily rather than entertainment?
1: So funny story and the way that the world works, I um, the reason I wanted to be in news was because of Tom Brokaw. Mm. And I watched the NBC nightly news on the lap of my grandparents. Uh, we didn't have television as children in our home. My parents uh, believed reading was more important, whatever. And uh, so when I spent the summers with my grandparents, which was very formative, at 530 every night, we watched the NBC nightly news and, uh, it was a way for me to interact intergenerationally with my grandparents to give me something to talk to them about it. It opened my world in ways that a little girl from, you know, Colorado or New Mexico or California, wherever we were living at the time, uh, wouldn't have necessarily done. And, and I loved that. And I don't, I don't think that I necessarily loved the news as much as I loved that feeling of feeling so connected to my world and to my grandparents, but it made me think, oh gosh, this is what I want to do. And so in high school, I uh, got a, an internship at the local TV station in Salinas, California, KSBW. Yeah. <laughs> and they <laughs> they hooked me up with this summer internship in, in uh, at KTLA. And so I came down to KTLA I had the 4.30 shift, and I worked Ooh. with the newswriters, and I was, uh, you Wait, know... 18... 4.30
0: a.m. or p.m.?
1: A.m. Oh, yeah, that's the brutal. the morning news, probably <laughs> 3.30 even at that time. And at that time, we were ripping scripts. So they would print out in a carbon copy, mm-hmm. and then we would rip the carbon out, and we would run the scripts to the news, uh, the, the anchors over across the way, as Mm -hmm. you remember, it's totally new now you should come see KTLA. But, um, and so that was my like main job was to run those scripts. But then I had, I felt like I needed to do something else at the station. I'm here three months. And so I found that there were these boxes of mail to, to Sam Rubin, uh, because people loved him. And so I, I suggested, what if I, write the postcards back to them and then you sign them. And he agreed. And so I began to do that. And then I began to create a relationship with Sam. And uh, just by sending out his eight by tens, I knew nothing about entertainment. I didn't know about the Brady Bunch.
0: I didn't know. <laughs>
1: and so uh, for, uh, for instance, is that we had a uh, one year anniversary show, which happened to be my very first show at KTLA. And they they had me stand in the green room and greet people, right? Like, how could I do a poor job at that? And this sort of scruffy guy came in and he had a cake. And I was kind of like, you know, is he real? Like, is he a homeless person? And so I was like, excuse me, sir, can I help you? And he's like, I'm Dennis Miller. Do you not know who I am? Oh like, no. <laughs> uh, literally have no idea who you are. So I uh you know didn't get fired, but I began to make that relationship with Sam and he like you said is very very nice. He's very smart. He knows what he's doing. He has a, a energy like any toddler you've ever known and he began to engage me and let me follow him and let, you know, I asked and it, it was sort of a combination of me being sort of persistent <laughs> as a person, because that's what I tell interns to do. Um, and I knew nothing else. Like I didn't, I didn't know not to be persistent. So I was, and he really engaged me in that way. And he, uh, we are now, you know, lifelong friends and he, so then I left and I went to college for a while and blah, blah, blah. And I came back and I was interning at the John and Lisa show Another interesting turn of events mm-hmm. since I now have Lisa Gibbons as my co host on the Rose Parade. Right. But there was a show with John Tesh and Lisa Gibbons, which I interned on, and Sam was the entertainment reporter. And he said to me one day, Aren't you that girl who wrote her own recommendation and had me sign it? Which is what I did. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I still have that recommendation letter. And again, I didn't know any better, so my recommendation letter is awesome. It's like she you knows she is, uh, you know, Filled with integrity and she, whatever. And, you know, he was like, okay, whatever. I'll just sign (laughs) it. Um, And then he hired me. Sam hired me as his personal assistant because at that point, two years later, the show had exploded. Yeah. He was super busy. He needed help uh, with personal assistance. And so I got hired and I came back to KTLA as a personal assistant, and within a year, I was the entertainment producer because <laughs> there was no such thing uh, at that point. Isn't and that so, interesting?
0: Like, there's no for right now living in LA. I would never think of it. I can never think of a time where there wasn't entertainment producers, right? But, but it's just like what, like early '90s? Do you think like mid '90s is when that sort of started becoming a thing?
1: Yeah, that was 1992 is when I started with him again. And then I was there until 98 um, and we built a pretty cool department and did. And of course, I mean, you can imagine, again, in 92, I was 19. So this was sort of a new thing. And so people would look at me and be like, you know, you're what? (laughs) But we were I was you know, we were booking this show again. It was it was. Um, it was an easier time because we were the only ones and, um, good day LA actually started just around that time, but we were the only ones and we knew everybody and it was very fun. I mean, it, it, to think back on it is really, really fun, but yes, indeed, Sam had a lot to do with that. And, um, and I, you know, I, like him a lot
0: yeah I know (laughs) I do too although he wouldn't I'm sure he would be like who Heather Brooker no I don't know who no he remembers people (laughs) yeah he's really good about that um well yeah so it's it's really fascinating to me the evolution of entertainment news and entertainment coverage because it didn't used to just be a thing it used to just be like what, like, um, entertainment news was part of just the gossip magazines or, you know, I don't, well, entertainment I,
1: tonight. There was, there were just entertainment national tonight. shows. Yeah, yeah. But
0: that started like in the early eighties. But before right. that, it just seemed like entertainment news was maybe got a mention in the major nightly newscast If it was something, you know, big, but nobody. And page six. It. Page yeah.
1: six New York Post is, I think, seventy-eight, maybe. Yeah. Seventy-seven, I could say. Um, yeah. I mean, I will say I didn't know anything about entertainment now, uh then now I'm completely obsessed. So um, you know, my <laughs> parents are like, dog on it, we didn't have a television and now it's all you do.
0: Um oh,
1: but <laughs> but uh yeah, I think page six. But you're right, it's been an interesting progression. And for people like you and me who've worked in journalism, and m- maybe I'm maybe this isn't true about you, but for me, I'm also constantly feeling the balance between uh being too intrusive sure and also sharing the news i mean people love celebrities no matter how they you do. Come.
0: yeah the station i work for right now does not cover entertainment and it is too it is the bane of my existence (laughs) it is so frustrating to me because we're in LA and we're in Hollywood and they don't cover entertainment um I have to beg to get them to do the weekend box office oh um but um but uh aside from that this is totally an entertainment town and like people love it I just think in general not even just LA but like all over people love entertainment news they like hearing What celebrities are wearing, what they're doing with their kids, where they're traveling and that sort of thing. It's this sort of celebrity culture and fascination that we have with their lives. Um, And you say now that's something that you're really into as well. Tell me about some of the other things you're doing.
1: Well, I've also been the executive producer of the red carpet shows for KTLA, and mm-hmm. I've worked on red carpets uh, for other places as well because as now I'm a freelancer, so I do things at all different places. Um, I'm very interested in television and how it has progressed over the years and, you know, the Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and all of that stuff. I'm trying to keep up with how things are changing because I think the only way that we will continue working in this industry is to keep up uh, and to sort of, that's one thing about a newsroom is that there, it, it feels like it goes pretty, it progresses slowly. So you, you aren't able to keep up as quickly. And so it's been such a great thing for me to be able to be out there and doing other things in other places and learning about social media and how it's just taken over. I mean, Heather, you've probably been to the mom conferences um like uh, mm-hmm. mom 2.0 and mm-hmm. I, I mean it's incredible these used to be like you know the mom blogs where you think of the moms are sitting home in their pgs writing about their kids i mean I guess they still are but it has changed so <laughs> it's much so and different it's so different. And you know what? These, these people, I don't think we call them mom blogs anymore. They're just blogs. These people are making money and they are influencers and they're changing our world by giving different kinds of perspectives in different kinds of places. And that's journalism, right? So um, they wow. definitely
0: do. <laughs> they definitely do still call them mommy bloggers. Um, it's and this is something I'm actually in the process of writing a piece about for my own website because I'm. I'm frustrated because I have a, I work in journalism. I work in television news. I have a background in news. I used to be a reporter for many years and I was an anchor and like, um, so I consider myself to be a journalist, but I'm also an actress. And I have a website called motherhood in Hollywood yep. where I talk about parenting and entertainment and all of that. So what happens is in the world of PR or publicist or events or anything like that, I'm get through and lumped in as a mommy blogger, but I don't blog or write about my kids temper tantrums and potty training and the day to day stuff that I think of that mommy bloggers write and do. Um, and I also when I get invited sometimes to cover movies and TV shows, I'm invited as a mommy blogger. And it's really hard for me sometimes to swallow that. I literally was just talking to my husband Chris about this this last weekend because I went, I got invited to go to, um, to a screening of Despicable Me Three, and they were like, "Oh, you're gonna come to this press junket, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Wow, that's great. Is it gonna be one on one? Do I need to bring a photographer? Like, cause I know what. I mean, I've been to press junkets before, and they were like, "No, no, no. It'll be a group setting. It'll just be you and and Chris uh, and Wig and and Steve Carell. They'll be paired." And I was like, "Oh." And then I realized, oh, it's what they're doing now is they put a group of moms together, mommy bloggers together, and everybody gets to ask one question and then you take a group photo and that's it. That's your press junket. Well, for me, I'm like, that's not a press junket. I know what E! does. I know what Entertainment Tonight does. Um, But I have to, in my mind, justify like, wait a minute, am I a mommy blogger? Am I a journalist? Like, I don't know how to break out of that kind of shell or even if I can
1: or if you want to I mean because if you want to be in that side yeah and and I've been on both sides I've run junkets and I've been the one who's been trying to get into junkets and it's changed again this is another thing that's changed so much and we kind of joke about it because when you go on these junkets you run into people who have actually been doing junkets almost every weekend for the last 25 years like Mm -hmm. since they started yeah I mean Seriously, like that's all. How do you even do that? But then again, it's all the people who want to come has just grown monumentally. I mean, the people who are asking to be included, same thing with red carpets. It used to be that there were a hundred people who wanted to come or hundred outlets, and now there's a you know thousand Thousands, who are trying. Yeah. To. So the idea is, how many people can you get into a weekend? Mm-hmm. Without killing Kristen Wiggins, Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. I mean, junkets are for, you know, the celebrities. I mean, wah, wah, celebrities, but it's a whole <laughs> day. Like, junkets are exhausting. The same, yeah. They're exhausting. The same questions all day long for three minutes, smiling. Mm-hmm. Yikes. So there's that. So we have to, you know, balance that. On the other hand, you want to give everyone the same chance. On the other hand, we know that <laughs> Entertainment Tonight is going to have. X amount of eyeballs and
0: eyeballs. And, yeah,
1: right. And so it's always sort of that balance. And then I, you know, if you're coming from our backgrounds, and then you walk in, and you're sitting in a room in a circle, and you're sitting with so-and-so from so-and-so who says things like, you know, so how did you get started? In- yes. Oh my God. Off? I want you
0: know, like, to, ah! I literally want to curl up in a ball and just be like, stop it. What are you doing? This is, this is embarrassing. Like this is Steve Carell. No, it's, exactly. it's yeah. It's that sort of thing. And it's also maybe a little bit of snobbery on my part. And that's something I, you know, I'll deal with because Me I too. am in a world too. that's not, they're not journalists. They don't have background in journalism, But when somebody says, come to a press junket, you know, to interview people, in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, then I do research on them and, you know, whatever. So it's something that I'm still trying to figure out my place in this world without coming across as being like well I'm a I used to be a reporter and I'm an actual journalist because honestly they're like who cares your website is motherhood in Hollywood (laughs) like get over yourself um so yeah so that's something that I'm dealing with well as well now when you say you talk about when you're planning press junkets you also dabble in PR as well is that right
1: I do I do I got um I got married a long time ago now. So it's funny to like bring that up. But Mm -hmm. I, when I got married, we moved to orange County. We moved to Irvine, lovely Irvine, California. Um, and we're back now in Santa Monica, but for 16 years I was an orange County resident and And you commuted up to LA. Well, I tried, I started doing the drive and I even had an amazing carpool partner, shout out Shannon Swanson, um, (laughs) who, we did, she, I would pick her up in, in Huntington Beach and we would drive to KTLA every day. And at four, at 5 a.m., which is when we were kind of going at that point um, in our you know, time, it was okay. And then on the way home, it could be so many long hours. And by the time I would oh, get yeah. 50 miles to Irvine, um, it was really hard. And <laughs> because it was great to have a carpool par- partner, except that every day we complained for the entire time about how awful it was to drive. And so I think it even became worse. Um, so... I thought, okay, I got to do something else, even though I really liked my job and it was fantastic. And so I, obviously in Orange County at that time, there was no news or no news organization. So I had to do something new and I got into public relations and I'll tell you to have, especially as a freelancer, to have two fields that are complementary but very different to have experience in both has helped me immensely as a freelancer, because when it's very light in television. I'm able to do some public relations work and vice versa because public relations people are the first to get fired, right? Or, you know, <laughs> the first department to go.
0: Which is uh, so crazy to me because I know it's an expensive um, addition to a business. It's an expensive, it can be a pricey um, cost added to your business. But in my experience, it's so essential. Like you need a publicist who is pushing your product or your business or whatever. Like they're, I mean, if you have a good it. publicist, it's, it's make or break. I think if you're a celebrity, if you're an actor, if you're a business owner, whatever, that is my two cents.
1: (laughs) A hundred percent preach it. And I have, um, had the great pleasure of, of working with publicists who have helped me. And, um, you know, my friend, Christine Tasto, who's like the best publicist ever, ever and she's helped me. And, and I think I'm a great publicist, but I'm not that good at publicizing myself. And so to have someone who can help you in that way, who, you know, you trust and who's willing to help you and can give you ideas and can say like, you know, what are you doing? It's really great. And I, uh, I'm, I'm really pleased that I have had that experience. I'm, I am right now diving into the Orange County Fair. I've been the publicist of their music concert series, which is a, there's a concert every night of the fair at the Pacific Amphitheater right next door. Beautiful venue, please stop by. Uh, (laughs) And I am doing that right now. It's my ninth fair. And that has just been, it's been amazing because I know so far, for the last nine years, that during the summer, I have a job I know what 's going to happen there uh, it's you know it 's great fun these are concerts that people want to see, which is always helpful when you 're publicizing things and it gives me it has it has enabled me to have a few things on my calendar throughout the year. The Orange County Fair is one of them. The Rose Parade is another mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, red Carpet Award Show time is another. So then I have to fill in the rest of the year with things, you know, because there's that whole like paying the rent thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but it's really been great. So when I you know speak to to college students or others coming in, especially in our new world, we don't really know what's going to happen with news in the next you know, decade, although they've been saying that for like, you know, three decades. But nevertheless, you want to have uh, other opportunities. Also, I have to tell you that being a publicist has made me a better television producer and vice versa, because the way I started was so fortuitous. And I started at the number one, you know, TV show in news show in Los Angeles. So I thought everybody would just answer my phone calls from now on. Like,
0: <laughs> obviously. Obviously. And,
1: I'm right, I mean, and they would know who I am, and they would think that I was cool, and then I went to p r and no one answered my phone calls, mm. and I had to call them a hundred times, and I had to hone my pitch to ten seconds because they didn't care about me at all, yeah, and it be i mean it was the best and the hardest um I think work lesson that I ever learned that um oh no, al contraire mon frère, not everyone will answer your phone call uh. So yeah, I think that's, that's
0: great. I think there is something to that. When I first started in journalism, my I remember our teacher saying, Learn every aspect of the newsroom and every position when you can. Go to a small market and T V and start there and learn everything, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I mean, I don't necessarily think you have to go to a small market anymore, but I really took that to heart. And I was like, I want to learn every aspect of this business so that when the assignment desk is saying, we can't get you this, this, and this, I know why I know what's going on on their from their perspective. And the same thing with, you know, the anchors and the photographers, like, I just think it's really important, but also for journalists and to know what's happening with publicists. Why are they pitching you this story? What do they have to gain from it? What Do you have to gain from it? You know, what do your viewers, um, what would they find interesting? So, no, I absolutely agree with that. I think it's important for journalists to understand that perspective and vice versa. Sometimes publicists get frustrated and don't know why their story isn't being covered and why nobody wants to come to their event or whatever. And um, so, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about something you mentioned a couple of times, the future of news there's a lot of streaming outlets there's a lot of news outlets for um online news online content um do you think that there is going to be a change in the way we see or the way we watch major news networks and televisions like are we going to s- start seeing local news kind of fade away cuz it seems like it's it's adding Like more every day, it seems like at least here in L.A., they're adding another half hour or an hour to their programming. And I've always kind of been under the impression that at some point it's going to fade away and we're all just going to watch news on our phone.
1: Right. I think, um, number one, I don't have any idea. And that's why I really pay very, very close attention because I don't think anyone really knows. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a little nerve-wracking. But I do remember that when – well, I don't remember, but I do know there was conversation when television came out that the radio would go away. Yeah. And that's the radio true. Dis- still here so it has a different role obviously um but uh until we can watch tv in our car which i guess we can but it's still sort of dangerous we're always going to have radio i think uh what i'm hearing research wise is actually that the the local news is the only thing people are really watching on their television because everything national they're already getting on their computers on their and on their, or Twitter, on their phones oh, that right makes sense. so so they so someone like uh you know God bless him. Like pe- Mark Crissey is a, <laughs>
0: a, <laughs> a legend
1: and a um, trusted <laughs> weatherman, which is hilarious because obviously there's nothing trustworthy about no. any weather every anywhere. I mean, and the fact that the fact that we mess up in Los Angeles, where it is sunny every day, right. is crazy. But people watch, turn it, tune in to watch Mark Krisky. And, you know, half of that is to see what he's going to do today. And another half of it is that he's trusted. He really, truly is. And the same thing I think applies to Christine Devine. I think that, you know, people watch Fox for that reason. And so I think that the the trustworthiness aspect is still there in local news and, uh, you know, across the nation. I think that in, in Des Moines, Iowa, there's some, there's some trusting nature to your anchors and so you're like nervous about what else is going on not everyone is a little bit like "Eh, is news real (laughs) like is anything actually true and you kind of still believe according to I think research you still kind of believe your local guys so for now for today in 2017, local news probably isn't going anywhere. It may change. I, I was um, at an event with Harvey Levin not too long ago at UCLA, and he was talking about how it, uh, live shots today are exactly the same way th- way that they were when he was They absolutely younger. are. I mean, come on. So like that may change. You might not have a person standing in front of something uh, saying, you know, back to you in the studio. <laughs> um, that could change and, and maybe it should. I, I mean, I don't know. It seems to work. That's why it's still happening. But, but my kid, my 16 year old person is not watching the news at all. Yeah. And I don't know that she will feel that same trustworthiness, um, to Mark Krisky, although of course she loves him. And, right. um, so, so that for the next, for my, for you and me, we'll probably watch local news and it probably won't go away for us. And the question is, of course, for the next generation. And I think that everybody, some people are saying there won't be TVs. And I, you know, I think you'll, you know, maybe you'll just have a big monitor in your house and whatever your mode is, if you have 10 people in the room, you might use it, but it won't necessarily be a television that you change channels. Uh, I think we're going towards that. But again, things are very fast and they are very slow, <laughs> right? Is that so confusing? That's why we're all so confused. But um, things are changing every single second, and yet the, the, a lot of things stay the same. And, uh, you know, one thing that you, that you talked about, about local news getting more and more and more and more hours, it's not very expensive to produce local news, uh, and television time is getting more expensive, so that's one of the reasons there's more hours. I will be interested to see as the... Um, Sinclair Broadcasting is now buying the Tribune uh company yes. and they tend to be a more conservative they tend to be. They are a more, a more conservative, conservative yeah. company and so the so Los Angeles newscasters and news organizations <laughs> are sitting up and they're listening and they're saying like wait a minute. We need to stand up and make sure that we are still a uh, an integrity filled journalism. Organization, Los Angeles. Why? This isn't just Tribune. This is everybody saying it, and I think this is great because Los Angeles has been sort of resting on its laurels. We do well mm-hmm. in the news market. We're good at it. People like watching Los Angeles news. We're we you know we got we're pretty good on New York, and they're the number one market, right? But we. Right. We started morning news. We've got two great morning news shows. So I think the fact that they're sitting up and listening and beginning to have the conversation about how are we going to continue to be um, journalists and not entertainers and not sort of biased in that way is good because I think that's going to change things for the better.
0: Yeah, I'm really curious to see what happens to in particular with KTLA because I know I have a lot of friends over there. They're a little nervous um, about the very right leaning state company that just bought them. And um, everybody's like, should we go now or should we wait to see if they make us go? Um, So it'll be really interesting to see what happens with KTLA because it's been sort of a I know that they consider themselves to be hard news, but I never do. I know, I know that sounds terrible. They're never going <laughs> to no, hire no. me again. But no, I don't. No, no. I consider KTLA to be the fun station that I turn to for entertainment and events, which is what I know you are a big part of. Like I would watch I watch um Sam and Jessica. Their red carpet coverage is yeah. is incredible, and that's my favorite, you know. I watch them over the network stuff, you know, when like ABC has um their network coverage for uh, Oscars or you know whatever I don't I don't watch that I watch Sam and Jessica so um, thank you very much Heather <laughs> I was on the
1: first red carpet show that KTLA <clears throat> ever did I yes was, I saw that. There. that's and then, so awesome I uh, have done it yeah I lo- I like it too um, yeah you know what Heather you are not alone the people think of KTLA as the fun station and to be fair that is why people like Eric Spillman and Wendy Birch um, are so important and I love Wendy. because they actually do real news. <laughs> they they are actually <laughs> real reporters and they're very trusted. And so there's actually real news happening within that fun stuff. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you know, we sneak it in. We sneak it in now and then.
0: Every now and then they get a little news and I'm like, "Oh, all right, there's yeah. some news." But it's yeah. honestly, it's my my favorite part, like I've said, is is the entertainment stuff. Um and I want to talk a little bit about um What it's been like for you as a mom with a sort of freelance type of position? Have you found that that has freed you up to do more mom stuff and be more present as a mom, or has it made things more complicated?
1: Uh, It's made it easier and better, and I've I have very um, consciously continued in the role of freelancer for the time since my daughter's my youngest daughter is sixteen now, so she's going into her senior year killing me. Um so I have had opportunities to go into full-time work and I have sometimes searched it out because there are ebbs and flows in freelancing where you're like all right, you know, what this just isn't working and I need to go back full-time and I can't you know, support my family this way and then it sort of always has picked up. So the one of the cons of freelancing is that you're constantly marketing yourself like even in the middle of, you know, well, I shouldn't say this because Someone may be listening, but in the middle of the Rose Parade, <laughs> I'm marketing myself for the next job, right? Because right. I don't, I can't start looking for more freelance work on January 2nd. Right. I need to start more work. So that's a con. But the pro is that I have been able to spend a lot of time at school. I've been able to participate in uh, things that, you know, if I was nine to five, I wouldn't be able to this last Spring break, I was able to go with with Santa Monica High School to England, and they did a, a choir tour for ten days. And I was able to break that out of my schedule and take that time and go with them, which I wouldn't have necessarily been able to do had I been free full time. Now, as the executive producer of the Rose Parade, I also have to go back to work on December twenty sixth. Right, <laughs> right. You know, so there's that kind of thing. But I have. Mostly because I'm A, able to work at home, which is not like, woo woo, I'm able to work at home. It's just that some people can and some people can't. Yeah. Some people really need an office and a, a structure and, you know, that kind of thing. And I don't necessarily. And so this has worked well for me. I've also been able to, you know, really hustle and get out there and I actually learned a lot about that from Sam Rubin because he is incredible about getting himself more and more work. And you probably see him everywhere. Like he's the entertainment reporter for Australia TV now. So yeah, yeah. constantly. And I've also, and I hear this a lot at colleges and um, other, oops, sorry. Um, I hear that at colleges and stuff that kids are told, like, only do what you want to do. Only do what you love. No way, man. If you're a freelancer, there's times when I'm interviewing the CEO of Wells Fargo about their, um, you know, how their money is going at the bank, whatever, I don't even know, uh, <laughs> because I'm a freelancer. And so I have to. And so I do things that I wouldn't that I don't love because it pays the bills. So that's another thing, you know, you maybe don't always have the job that you love. So it's yeah. very long winded, but it has given me many opportunities as a mom and I'm beginning to think now as she goes into the college world, uh, whether or not I still need that. Maybe it is time for me to settle down and do something more corporate or be in an office every day where, you know, I'm not sitting at home thinking, oh, there's no child. <laughs> what am I doing? Uh, so those that's exciting. There's many opportunities. But yes, freelancing has been incredible. Uh, it does take a long time to get to the point, for, at least for me, to get to the point where you're supporting yourself um, in a way that you need to, and that's something that you really have to consider. And I also have to say that it has been immensely helpful that there are two incomes in our family. Mm. So if you're a freelancer and you only have one income, especially if you have children, that's also m- tougher.
0: Yeah, I I agree, and I I wh- I love everything you said about. You know, having the freedom of choice to be able to go. Okay, now I'm going to spend some time with my kid, and I can leave and and do what I need to do. But also, then there's the hustle side of it where you're like, okay, now I have to make money, um, and find a job and 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 uh, pay the bills, sort of thing. So while there is there's good and bad sides to having being freelance, and I have to say, for me, I I came from a you know very nine to fivey or you know three to midnight reporter job before I moved out to LA and I didn't even know freelance was an option because nobody in in the markets I worked in did freelance. You couldn't just be like, Oh, I'll come to work whenever I'm free. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, it was just like, no, you come to work when we tell you. I have to say, I have found it very freeing um, and very liberating to be like, okay, now I can set my schedule and and determine what I want to do. So I think that's great. Hello.
1: Have you found this to be true? We sort of joke that the best way to get work is to schedule a vacation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Whoops. Yeah, that's it. It's true, too, as an, um in the acting side of things, too. Everybody says if you want to get an audition or book a job, plan a trip out of town. And it has happened almost every single time. Um, that I have gone out of town or planned a big trip, it's all of a sudden then, oh, that's when everybody wants to work with you. You're the hottest ticket in town. (laughs) And it's like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah, I don't think that I think there's something definitely about that. Yeah. Um, well, I am going to put up a lot of this information, everything we've talked about up on motherhood Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and share your experiences. Um, like I said, I think it's very fascinating, the world of journalists, moms and entertainment and all of that stuff.
1: Yay. And I love, it's so great that, I mean, our world really is so small. It <laughs> we, is. we work all in the same place. And, and, and can I just say like in, in conclusion, mm-hmm. one thing that we've been talking about so much is how we will put our hands out, reach our hands out to help other women in, um, in, in our industry, because that has, well, it's always happened, but it, I, I can now be a part of that because we're, both of us are to a point where we've seen a lot and we, Experienced a lot, and so we can help. So, I always say that you know, if you have questions, or if you're new at this, or if you're not new at it and you have questions, I, I really do enjoy talking with people who have um, experiences or, or questions because people did that for me, and I would love to do that for
0: others. So, everybody, make sure that you follow Jenny on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Ask her questions <laughs> uh, as and just. Uh, follow her on Twitter. And I'm going to put up all the of your social outlets too, because people will ask you questions. That's great. No, I I love it. We need to, um, create that community and keep supporting each other. So thank you so much. And I have questions for you too. So no, (laughs) Mm -hmm, please. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week and remember I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Balls.